doing? I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And before we get started on anything, something huge happened uh, this week that I think we should address up front because it was the first time that's ever happened in the history of the Loaded Goat. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. You drop. I didn't drop a ball and you kind of for and you forgot something. Where you, where you had it texted, I was supposed to edit an episode that I completely screwed up. Okay, and you were like, could you maybe get this to me? I'm running out of time to do it. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course, I forgot stuff because I always forget stuff. And I had actually done it and Aaron had missed the text where I, I sent him what he was looking for. Never before in the history of the Lodigo has this happened. Yeah, I'm finally and, pulling some weight. And, and I'm so insecure that whenever I get called out on making a mistake, I figured out a way to explain to Christopher why this was his fault. So that was that was that was what we ended up having to do. And turns out it was because my uh, father never loved me and never told me he was proud of me. I mean, it is it is one of those things that it all comes back to your childhood. It really does. It's just um, it's amazing. I mean, any you know, you forget something, blame it on your childhood. You uh, you you know you know you, if something happens, find something to blame it on. You don't ever be, hold yourself accountable for anything. Um, the other piece that's happened has actually been a pretty big week for me as a celebrity. Uh, I ran in a couple of weeks ago. I read a comment from one of our um, diehard listeners, Charlie, and he actually accosted me in public. Um, it, it was I had to run. It was like Beatlemania. Um, so, you know, things are starting to heat up over here. So. Wow. OK. Beatlemania. Wow. That's well, that's, that's getting heroes, gross. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, anybody who sits down with us is going to be woefully disappointed. Yeah, exactly. The. Uh, one thing before we dive in, we wanted to give a shout out to Randy Turner, who flagged something for us when we were recording a previous episode where it was brought up that uh, when Opie in Opie and the Birdman or Opie the Birdman, where Opie accidentally kills the bird and he starts crying. Randy actually explained that those were genuine tears, but I'm going to let Randy explain that for himself. Thanks, as always, to Randy for keeping us on the right track here. You know, so I missed the production meeting uh, with the showrunner for this one, and I wasn't quite sure what was happening right there. And I kind of expected Randy to, like, walk in your, you know, computer frame. And <laughs> so, like, where, where are we going to get Randy for this? Um, Th that would be uh, that would be that would be that would be something. I mean, if I, you know, if Randy showed up in Alexandria, Virginia, I think that would to just be on the loaded goat. I think that would trump basically all the vacations y'all have taken together. I've done that twice where I've shown up in Alexandria to record with you. You have. You have. But and yet you, I'm told that I don't carry my weight. <laughs> well, you and I met here in the in this area <laughs> <laughs> and you moved away. <laughs> Yeah. So today we are doing the Barney Runs for Sheriff. This episode was really kind of, it's another one that builds off of continuity because it is kind of almost hinting that Andy Griffith is like almost done with, or Andy Taylor is almost done with being sheriff and he's getting kind of fed up with being sheriff. And what is so ironic about all of this is actually at the end of the day, the person who's going to be leaving in about 12 more episodes is Don Knotts. Oh, okay. They're trying to set up some of this. I missed all that. I don't even know if they're trying to set up anything. I think that's just the thing. There's is, no way they are. 
No, I mean, and, and, but, but but this is another. But we're starting to. This is a, a a plot point of Andy getting restless, and that really is never going to be revisited again after Don Knotts leaves. Yeah, yeah. So you want to dive in? Let's. Uh, I you dive in. I'm going to go feed first. Okay. All right. So well, we're covering know. the full spectrum, the there panoply of 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 content. There you go. This episode first aired on February eighth, nineteen sixty five. We open with Barney. Brought to you by Pod Machine. It is brought to you by Pod Machine, but we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) Um, We Barney is upset because Andy is considering another job, like he was a few weeks earlier, and apparently a guy named Ed Crumpacker offered Andy a a job. And Barney sarcastically asks if, if this is more important than a lifetime of friendship fighting organized crime. And while I feel like they have fought some crime. Watching all those organized crime documentaries, I don't think they've been fighting organized crime. Well, so this is where I wanted to take this. I got two things. First of all, Crumb Packer, he needs to go into the, like, granola bar scene. Like, he should own Chewy's granola bars. Perfect name. Crumb Packer. Find a way. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Uh, The second piece is I started watching Get Gotti. Oh, yeah. Have you you, you seen the whole thing? I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen the whole thing. On Netflix? It's fun. I'm big yeah. into it. So for yeah. folks that haven't seen it, it's a Gotti. John Gotti was a, like a New York uh, crime boss in the eighties. And it's like kind of period E for like their way into the like eighties, nineties glitz in the production of it. And the, you know, the thing they I think is talk about, you know, they talk about like what a sexy icon John Gotti was and a celebrity and how he owned the space. And he is like, the frumpiest, grossest mobs, mobster, I think, you know, I've seen. It's just a different perspective. I can't it. really begin to describe, though, as a little, as a kid who's 10 years old, as somebody who was, t- was a kid when that was all happening, the fascination. Oh, you know that. Okay. John, it was a big John thing. Gotti. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, I, I mean, he was on the cover of People magazine. I mean, he was, he was always on the tabloid shows. I mean, we were always seeing stuff about John Gotti. And he was beating all these cases. You'd see that even when on the evening news when you were a kid and you were kind of like, what is going on? How is this all happening? So it really was one of these things where when they got him, you were kind of like, wow, it's amazing. And then when you look back on it, you were kind of like, he was so flat. He was a flash in the pan. And that's probably, I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, but that was not, that did not, that was not, you know, keeping a high profile and being a mob boss. Doesn't go doesn't go well. Tough thing to play. Well, it's yeah. fa- I mean it's fascinating though that you had this was such a big thing that you remember. Um, mm-hmm. One of the uh, things that shocks me is like I didn't know anything about it, and I'm you know I'm well up on a lot of these things, and I just think it's surprising that I would have missed that I, that I hadn't heard about it. You know, I you know I've always that's what I've always said is you know when something happens and I bring it up, you're always almost finishing my sentence for me. I've got to be honest, the Christopher that I present on the Loaded Goat is not necessarily the level of expertise I carry through other aspects of my life. <laughs> and that is, I can vouch the for flippant, that. The uh, anti-authoritative demeanor, yes. Um, but I can I can vouch for that. It is what Christopher and I do spend time outside of the podcast. You worked for me once. I did. I did work for you once. It took forever to get paid. And, uh, the, <laughs> that's um, that's the, really true. 
Yeah, and then and then the but when we when Christopher and I hang out, uh, our conversations aren't me having to sit and literally explain basic basically <laughs> pop culture to Christopher every time. <laughs> that payment line was good. Yeah, yeah, I'm not super fast at that. Yeah, if you are if you do really like Get Gotti, I recommend watching Fear City, which is. Um, it's all about when Rudy Giuliani talking about when he was a prosecutor and he was working with Michael Chertoff, who, who oh, was really? on his team. And they're literally talking about how they took down the five mob bosses. It's a pretty oh, fascinating cool. documentary. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we've been taking a little look back into the into the old days of cinema again. Not that that necessarily is, but we've uh, when you said fear, I thought I can't. I don't think I mentioned this, but I watched Deer Hunter recently, which oh, yeah. I think we did talk about. That was wild. They de- definitely needed a little bit more editing. It's like a loaded goat episode. It's like we could have cut this down to five minutes. Um, but yeah. the one that really was fun is we watched uh, Cape Fear. The 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 not the re- the remake, right? With Robert the, De Niro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that is one. Um, that is one disturbing movie. Yeah, it is. So that's yeah. that's what I have to add about this episode. I would give this episode maybe seven whistles. This episode here? Are we not done? We're not done. We actually oh. have to talk about the episode. Right. Back to Crumb Packer. Back to Crumb Packer, yeah. I would have to say, though, with Barney and organized crime, I have a tough time. I don't, I would, I mean, there actually, there is a certain level there where you're like, if this had actually spilled over into the 70s, watching an episode where Barney Fife is planning a wiretap would be the would be hilarious. That is a huge missed opportunity. Really good call. Yeah. Or watching Barney walk into like a mobster club as as an undercover, as as someone who's undercover, that would be, that would be a riot. I mean, there are so many, so many things uh, you could have. If, if, if you could suspend your disbelief that Barney Fife would not be out, would not be buried somewhere in an un, in an unmarked grave. Well, there's like a perfect Chappelle show clip, like something a little bit grittier than like an SNL sketch of like Barney Fife in The Wire and yeah. what that would be like. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that would that would be an awesome that'd be an awesome one if they could do, if they could do that. So apparently, the place that offered Andy the job would include a lot more money, and they have offices all over the world, including South America. So I've decided this is like, this is a mercenary. It's like Blackwater. I mean, that's kind of my feeling on this. Like, the first time he was just basically another group of the Pinkerton, you know, it was another group of, you know, that was just basically the Pinkerton Detective Agency. This seems like it's for a, a large corporation that needs security all over the world. Yeah. 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 I mean, it could, so it could be like an oil company or anything, anything where they're basically security having to for reality TV celebrities. I don't think we were there in 1965, but we, but it, when we were uh, looking at it and they, but looking at what they, if they could, they could be minors. They could be, they could be all kinds of things where they're needing us protection. Oh, so one thing I did want to thank our listeners for is, you know, reality TV came out of, really got a boost in the writer's strike of the of the 2000s. And just uh, this podcast and our, our listenership has 
skyrocketed during the writer and actor strike, and we hope that we can maintain it now that everybody's back to work. As someone who actually monitors that, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but but thank you for as always for listening. I mean, it means a lot. So Barney says that Aunt B and Opie don't speak a word of South American, which is classic Barney. Yep. Because really, it's it's Spanish and Portuguese, you know. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Some French. Barney then asks what he would do about Helen, and Andy tells Barney to sit down and then explains that if things work out, he would send for her. I was kind of picturing this going the opposite direction because they've had a few, like, snippy episodes recently. It's like, because he starts by saying, you know how things with Helen and I and me, how they're going. And I was like, he's like, I'm going to leave that girl. Like, I'm not going. She's not my forever. It's kind of where I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, that's not what happened. And then then Barney says, are you going to send for me, too? Or should I run for sheriff? And Andy tells him to do so because he's not running um, because he's not going to file to run. The deadline's in a couple of days and he's going to take this job. And then he tells Barney all the reasons he should he should he should run. This is a long term. What we're six years into this? What season are we in? Five years into this? Yeah, I think we. I think we need to just acknowledge that an election happened off camera at some okay. point. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. So Barney gets. You know, we start hearing the manhunt playing. Barney gets. He gets all proud, and he tosses his hat on the desk and says, "It's in the ring." Beautiful. It was. Beautiful. You know, there's there are a few times when you look at you know, the blocking of a scene and you're like, wow, they, I would never would have thought of that choreography to tell that actor to do that piece. And it's just like, this is one of those times. Well, you know, and the funny thing about this episode, I mean, there was a period, actually they they still do this now, but there was a period in the eighties when they started, they were making action movies and at most action movies originally would always start off with an intro, like you'd you'd, you'd you know you'd see the look the logo of the film production co- or the film company. It would then do the credits, and then it would go into the movie. And then when Lethal Weapon two came out, it literally said the movie just literally starts off. It shows the Warner Brothers logo, and then it shows it says Lethal Weapon two. And it and you're and you then it opens up and you're right in the middle of a car chase. That was the and first time. Yeah, that was the first time I ever saw him do that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I did so much better this way. Yeah. This is the um this is the this is the closest thing the series ever start came to starting off with a lethal weapon two type intro because most of the time they start, it's a very slow, meandering. Somebody walks in and says, hey, 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 Andy, or something like that. It very rarely ever opens with, it never has opened before with Andy and Barney kind of right in the middle of an argument. Yeah, poetry. Poetry. So later that night, Andy, Aunt B, and Opie are on the porch, and she says she's worried about the food in South America, which get a little ahead of ourselves. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm hiring, I don't mean to diminish anybody's skills or their knowledge of the world. But if I'm hiring a guy who's basically been a sheriff in Mayberry, North Carolina, I'm going to let him people. I'm going to let him cut his teeth on a um, in kind of somewhere in the United States before I send him down to protect my interests in South America. That's yeah. just me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. With like yeah. a with like a hefty dose of xenophobia, right? <laughs> Where it's like, you know, they don't we don't know how he's gonna present here. We don't, we don't, we and I think at the end of the day, if he's going to some of these places, he's gonna have to carry a gun. I think he is. Yeah. So he gets a call from Ed Crumpacker, and it turns out the job was offered that was offered to him went to someone else's cousin. And Andy comes out on the porch. And it wasn't Barney, right? Because Barney <laughs> theoretically is Andy's cousin. Andy's cousin. But it was not. It was not offered to Barney. Okay. And Andy comes out on the porch and says they're going to stay here. And Barney, when he finds out, he's upset and says he doesn't run want to run for sheriff. And Andy says Barney has to run. And Barney says he'll think of something. I mean. This is kind of a little ridiculous. It's kind of like, okay, there, you file, filed paperwork. And I, I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, we got to make this plot work. But it is something like you figure all they have to say is Barney's name's on the ballot. Just write Andy Taylor in. That's all we have to say. Yeah. And uh, later, um, he, Barney has pulled together the whole town together, it seems like, at the Taylor household. And Barney says he'll do the ta- all the talking, which does not go over well. And in comes Andy and Barney. And in comes Andy and Barney tells him they want him to run and they'll start a write-in campaign for him. And Barney says it'll be tough. And Floyd and Goober insist that it will be easy. And Andy says he's willing to do it and that is everybody is happy. Do you remember when Lisa Murkowski lost her primary in Alaska in like 2010 and they did a write-in campaign for her? I don't remember this. She did. And uh, she was in for the Senate. I think it was in 2010. And I remember going to, I was at a conference and they went to a session on how it worked. And they said, well, this was really tough because Murkowski is a hard name to spell and all of these things, and they went in and talked about everything that had to go had to go into it. But they want to write in campaign with her. I when when I was first living here, Anthony Williams, when he was mayor of D.C., somehow didn't get messed up getting on the uh, ballot, um, and so they had to do a write in campaign for him to win, and he and they pulled that off. I have a feeling Andy and Taylor, Andy Taylor and Mayberry. They could have figured out a way to say this will be easy without really hurting Barney's feelings. Yeah. 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 There, um, in uh, college for the student body president, my friend Zach um, was campaigning with the mascot and got kicked off the ballot and then re-ran a write-in campaign and ended up winning. Mm. Huge. Huge. Huge turnout of a 15,000-person school. Like, I think like 800 people voted. Like it That's was huge. Was it was it almost out of spite that he got kicked off the um, kicked off the ballot? I don't. It was. I always. I never really understood why he was the one that was in trouble. It should have been the the mascot that was breaking the rule. Of, oh, so the actual mascot went around with him. Yeah, the mascot was one of our friends, and so he went around with him, and so that was viewed as an endorsement by the university, which is not necessarily the candidate's fault. It's the per, it's the university employee who was endorsing the candidate. Is he, is he an employee of the mascot or is he just a volunteer? Oh, he's an employee. He went pro. He like is a in the for a Texas uh, NBA team. He's he's a mascot. So he's either the mascot for the Mavericks, the Spurs, or the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I think it's the yeah yeah yeah. I don't need to disparage. You don't need to disparage. Well, 
and so he won. Well, yeah, it's I had a friend who he, you know, yeah, I mean, it's so funny when you start seeing people do campaigns. I mean, and you know, you have some candidates who would in, in college who will put their signs on trees, which is a huge no no. Uh, you know, you'll have. You'll have, I had one friend, Ryan McGee, who's kind of a legend amongst our friends. He he did his campaign where his uh, his his cam one of his campaign signs said, "Upset with traffic on I forty, vote McGee." He can sympathize. <laughs> so so yeah, so there's there's so there's that. Um, but the next day they go to Floyd's. And who offers Barney a sucker, which is just really funny because that sucker looks like it's been sitting in his mouth, but he just goes and offers it to him um, right when he gets there, which is just funny. And Barney asks him asks him to be precinct captain for the block to make sure everyone knows about the write-in campaign. And Floyd implies that Barney's not going to get any votes, and Barney storms off. Really makes you think. I mean, what well, it is. The whole thing's just kind of humiliating to Barney. Yeah. I mean, I think he's trying to do the right thing, and he just snaps. And yeah. at Goober's filling station, Goober says he has talked to everyone who, and everyone he's talked to is going to write in Andy. No one has said they're going to vote for Barney. And they're walking down the street, and Thelma Lou comes up and makes a point to say she's voting for Andy too. And Barney's feelings are clearly hurt. Yeah. 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 And then back at the jail, Barney and Andy come to an agreement that Barney should go out and get some votes for himself for the good of the community. I think Andy really realizes Barney's kind of feeling his feelings are a little hurt and he's just trying to help help. He's just trying to help out. And Barney goes outside and motions for a truck to come forward. It has Fife for Sheriff on it. And he goes, you're hired and we go to commercial. I went back to rewatch it because I thought it said fire sheriff. Oh. And I was like, oh, he's getting nasty. Fire Sheriff Taylor. That's intense. And after the break, Floyd tells Barney he won't put up Barney's poster. This episode was produced by Pod Machine. They do a great podcast and a great rig. I was fortunate to get started on this a few years ago. I um, mean, I've just been very, very pleased with it ever since. I mean, they can, you know, they will edit your podcast. They will uh, do artwork for your podcast. They'll do the YouTube videos for the podcast. And they have a very quick turnaround time um, once you upload all your material. So I highly recommend it. I'm pro pod in general. I love bean pods. I like pod hotels. I like pod apples maybe but you know what pods i like best pod machines pod machines me too me too i like them better than podcasts i honestly don't even really like podcasts that much so i'm i'm just thankful that you're here why do you do this podcast (laughs) to see your dimples baby to see my dimples well and uh if you really push hard podcast my pod machine might be able to give you some dimples i don't know so <laughs> go to podmachine.com to learn more and enter loaded goat at checkout for a 10 percent discount and that's spelled just like loaded goat it is one funny looking poster it made me think of you remember did you ever see you watched veep didn't you yeah you know that first time they do the campaign 
with Jonah Ryan where he's running for Congress and it ends with him chasing that kid on the playground. That was about, I was like, that's about, that, 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 those were like the two, that, that was about as tone deaf as this poster here. I agree. I agree. Oh, I forgot about that. Jonah's yeah. one of the best characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it turns out no one will put up his poster. We have a montage of him going all over town, and Barney is getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And we cut to Andy telling Floyd it won't kill him to put up a Barney poster. And Barney comes in and accuses Andy of trying to sabotage his campaign. And Floyd's just not much help here. He's almost like saying, I I I can't I can't share anything, but he shares that they talked about his signs. So Barney thinks he's making fun of his signs and trying Andy's trying to hurt him. And so Barney challenges Andy to a debate. And storms off. It's a little bit like when you know I'm going to screw up, but you know you tell someone I'm not going to tell you all the bad things that somebody said about you. Yeah. What are they? No, no, no. I promise that I wouldn't say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I and then the worst people, the people that are worst about it, um, will do that, and then they'll be you'll be like, well, what? And just don't let these things get to you. You just you you don't need to worry about this kind of stuff. You're you take the high road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Settle down. When nobody hates you. Yeah. So the town gathers for the debate. Floyd calls it to order and says it's the most important event in Mayberry politics. And that the only reason is not on TV is because we don't have a TV station. <laughs> which is really funny. And then Floyd says that he supports Andy, which just is so just like twist the knife here. And then he calls Barney to take the speaker stand. And Barney comes up with a satchel full of 76 cases of malfeasance in the sheriff's department. But he will only discuss three. Malfeasance one is traffic is out of control. Number two. I-40 or whatever. Yeah, on on whatever main street in Mayberry. Number two is they don't have enough firepower. And number three is Andy doesn't carry a gun. I thought I thought the firepower piece was hilarious. Yeah, you just want like we have no Uzis, <laughs> no, no machine guns, your gas. I mean, I'm kind of like, what? Are you, you don't even have Agent Orange. Like, yeah, how are we supposed to keep people in check? I mean, you know, you got Barney will be coming out. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just not going to be working out here. Yeah, and then Andy looks up. Or gets up and he looks at Barney and says, 76 cases of malfeasance. And he gives the reasons for the other three. And then he's responded. Yeah, he's well, he's just kind of like, what is going on here? I mean, Andy's had Andy's been kind of put through the ringer in this episode. He basically, I mean, managed to finagle it where he figured out a way to not only get turned down for a job that was promised to him, but lose the other job in the process, (laughs) basically alienate a friend and, um, and then basically have to get the whole town to rally around him to save everything. And then basically have his friend turn on him. So he's had a rough, he's had a rough episode. One day we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. You and me, um, where you're going to be bringing on a satchel going, I have so many cases of malfeasance for this, for this podcast. And Andy gives the reasons for why, why, um, why, why he's let, let certain things slide that Barney pointed out. And then basically it tells everyone to vote their conscience. And then Barney, who realizes he's overdone it, stands up and says he was satisfied with the answers and that he was voting for Andy. 
and everybody is happy. And then we hear Barney's campaign truck and Barney gets frustrated and says, I told that guy just up until nine o'clock as we go as we go to commercial. <laughs> and in the epilogue, Barney goes to take his campaign poster down. Andy asks for it. And so he can just have it for as a souvenir. And then he mentions that Barney had a hundred of them and he wonders what he did with them. And Barney says, well, my room needed papering anyway, as we close. So, I mean, if you got a just papering of, of, of Barney for sheriff posters, which is a nice callback. Cause in the very first scene, Andy's trying to pitch Barney on sheriff. And he's like, it'd be a lot more money. You can move out of that room. And he, you know, finally gets a little interior design out of, out of this whole trade. Yeah. This is a, uh, um, a lot of, a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of a lot of you know a lot of taking a village to because Andy just basically didn't file to run for sheriff. Yeah. So yeah. So how many whistles would you give? Well, I've this? already done it. I'm going to stick to my seven. Okay. I would give Cape Fear eight, but I would give this seven. Have you seen the original Cape Fear? No, I can't. The 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 Cape Fear I watched is so old. I can't believe that there's one before it. Oh, there's one in the '60s. I mean, and it's it's with Gregory Peck and Robert Mitchum, and the uh, oh, because Gregory and, Peck is in the remake. He is in the remake. He's he's uh Sam. He's the father in the original, and he didn't. And then and then the original, he's not he's not full. He's not a philanderer. And he just witnessed Robert Mitchum committing a crime. He did not. Uh, he did not basically botch his case so he could go to, so he could go to jail like he does in the um, in the uh, remake. So yeah. so he's just met, Robert Mitchum comes out and harasses him for you know because he put because he because he was a witness against him, not because he basically did something that would warrant being this barred. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. How many whistles I, would you? I think I'd go with seven. Okay. We're seven yeah. up. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, it's been really quite a pleasure to uh, talk to, to, to talk to you. I would love to run against you in an election. I would get nasty fast. And uh, I hope that it never comes to that, though. Well, if I, I mean, there's only a couple of ways this could happen. One is for you to get some ambition. And number two is for both of us to be in the same place running for the same office. Or you're forgetting the actual way that it's most likely to play out where you, for for the party that you represent, and me, the party that I represent, end up meeting on the presidential stage. Well, based on everything, like, is based on where we're going, I look forward to taking you on when I'm 79 years old. <laughs> me too. All right. Any final thoughts? No, it's been a pleasure. Yes. Well, thank you for listening. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Like and subscribe. Yes. And if you get to think about it, subscribe next week. We'll do If I Had a Quarter Million Dollars. Until then, Chris. By the Bare Naked Ladies? That's if I had a million dollars. Got it. Until then, Christopher, the only reason this podcast is not on TV is because we don't have a TV station. Oh, <laughs> Not Sinclair Broadcasting? <laughs> <laughs>